Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I want to welcome everyone to the series, Just Jesus. And here's what happens to Christianity once it's in a, in, a, in a nation for a season. It doesn't have to be all that long. We add things to Jesus that he never intended us to add, and we subtract the most important things. So we thought, what if we did a series titled Just Jesus, and we, 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 sh- we just brought in some of the most important things he wants us to have, make sure we have that happening in our Christianity, and then take out some of the things that he never intended us to have. Because if you add or subtract from Jesus, He's really not Jesus at all. We want him to be as Jesus as possible, right? So um, today we're going to talk about Jesus minus. I'm going to give you what it is in a moment, but I want to open up with a story. Uh, When our kids were in junior high, uh, we have four children. They kept begging us for an aquarium, a fish tank. And so we thought, well, let's get them one for Christmas, make it all their gift, right? And so uh, we went to this place in Cleveland. We found this place, and this girl there helped us and ended up buying a 55-gallon tank and all the landscape things, and I brought them home. And we had this room in the basement that I could lock the door, and I set it up down there, put the landscape up, and then put the water in, and then began to filtrate it. I brought Gina down to show her, and she's like, oh, Joe, you're my man. You know, she was so proud of me for what I did, because I don't do many domestic things like that. So... um, I waited till two weeks out from Christmas to go buy the fish, and I went to a local store I'd never been to, and their selection was off the charts incredible. So I saw all these beautiful, bright fish, and I bought a ton of them. As a matter of fact, um, it came up to over $300 worth of fish, right? But we're splitting it four ways for their gifts, and I was so excited. I brought them home. I put them in the tank, and they just looked they were gorgeous. So then I went up, hung out with the kids, and I thought before I go to bed, I better, you know, go feed them because Italians overfeed all their pets. And so I went, I, went, I went to go feed them, and I walked downstairs in the basement, and I saw this happening with the fish. And it wasn't happening before. And it looked like they were struggling. You know, if you ran a mile as fast as you could, how you'd huff and puff at the end. It was kind of like that or walked up some steps and, you know, whatever. And, and uh, so I thought... Well, they talked about the stress that they're going to have when you switch them. And I did everything they said to, to the letter. So the, the next morning I wake up, I, th- I thought, I better go feed the fish and, and, and see how they're doing. Every single one of my fish were laying sideways, floating on the top of the water. They were all dead. And I was really upset for them because, I mean, I killed them, I'm thinking. But then I was upset with the store because I thought, what kind of fish did they sell me? And so I put them in a bucket, took them back, and I'm talking to the girl that sold them to us. And I said, oh, your fish died. And I said, I did everything you told me to. And she looks, and then she looks at me. She says, what kind of aquarium do you have? I said, well, it's 55 gallons. She said, no, what kind of aquarium do you have? I said, well, it's glass and it has metals. She goes, is it fresh water or salt water? I said, well, I didn't put any salt in it. It's fresh, you know. And, and uh, she starts to laugh, just like you. She's laughing. Some associates that were listening in, they begin to laugh. And she said, sir, these are saltwater fish. They come from a place called the ocean. And you have to have, you know. And, and then I realized I was receiving no reimbursement whatsoever. And I bought a bunch of lake fish. They're pretty, but not as exotic and bright and pretty. And I learned a very valuable lesson in uh, Today, we're going to talk about 
the atmosphere God intends you to live in as a Christian. And without this atmosphere, you're going to be going, as you walk through this life, right? And here's my big idea. This is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. A Christian without truth is like a fish out of water. I mean, we're struggling as we walk through this life. And so you might be wondering, what's the truth? Well, uh, Jesus was praying in John 17, 17, and it's a beautiful prayer. If you want to read John chapter 17, this week, he's praying for Christians, not only the new ones then, but throughout eternity. So this was prayed for you. He meant it for every Christian that ever, ever accepted him as Savior. And one of the things he said in that prayer was, he said, Father, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. So the truth is the Bible. It comes from the word of God. And uh, sanctified is a beautiful word. That means to make us pure in every area of our life. That's, that's to purify us. And it can only come by the truth. It's not going to come uh, by any other way. Now, if, if you were to take the whole Bible, we, we would say the whole Bible, the entire Bible is true, but it's not, not all the truth that we're going to talk about today, because the truth is the part of the Bible that tells you who God is and what he is and how loving it is. It's part of the Bible that tells you what happened when you accept Jesus. We call that in truth or in Christ realities. You know that when you accepted him, you became the righteousness of God in Christ. You are holy and you are blameless. You're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I mean, it's just the most amazing part of the word. It's called the truth. And I think this will help us see what God means about the truth. This verse of scripture, it's John 1.17, and it says this, for the law was given through Moses, and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, the law is true. The law is full of things that are 100% true, but remember what we learned last week? Last week was Jesus plus works, referring to that works mentality. If I don't do all this the right way, God won't love me. God won't care about me. I might not even make it to heaven. We talked about how that's not what we're to add to our Christianity, works. And then we talked a lot about this thing called grace and how we can't work for it. God gives it to us. He loves us. And there's a big difference between the law and what Jesus brought, which is grace and truth. And this thing, truth, is so beautiful. But here's what I did when I was a young pastor. I didn't know any better. Here's what we often do. I just turned the word truth here into the law. In other words, I just began to teach the Bible now on the other side of Jesus the same way that someone would have taught it in the Old Testament. You have to do this, you have to do that, and if you don't do this, God's... And, 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 does God want to grow us? Yeah. Does God want to take us to a place where we live like him? And we li Yes. But the truth is not the law. And grace and truth have to agree with each other. One can't contradict the other. And so we want to just talk about this thing called truth because it's the most amazing thing in the world. And it's an ingredient that God wants us to have in our lives because a Christian without truth is like a fish outside of water. And your Christianity is not going to take you where God wants you to be. And he wants you to be living quite, quite a different, you know, he wants you to live like Christ. And he wants to, you to live free. And he wants you to have peace. And he wants you to have joy and so on and so forth. So I came up with three truths concerning what the truth will do for you. These are awesome. Here's the first one. Truth changes you from the inside out. That's God's way. He changes us from the inside out. Here's another story, and you're going to walk away thinking, this guy, 
this guy needs some help, right? Um, our kids were young again. We, we had someone give us a swing set. The structural integrity was awesome, but it was all rusty. So I told Gina, I'm going to go buy some paint and paint it. I went to the store, bought metal paint. I painted it. She came out. She was like, oh, Joe, you're my hero again. And, and then it was beautiful. But you know, within two months, all this rust came out again. It just came right through the paint. So now I'm mad at the store that sold me the paint, and, and I take it back, and I want to refund. And I say, hey, this paint isn't good. It's called metal paint. But all the rust came back through, and the guy just looks at me and goes, well, did you sand the rust off? Did you sand it to the metal? I said, you're supposed to do that? He said, yeah, you're supposed to do that. He said, if you don't, it will come right through the paint. So I ended up, instead of having a reimbursement for the paint, I walked out buying sandpaper, right? And guess what? When I painted it after that, it worked. Well, you know what? That's how the truth is. If you put the truth inside you, it will sand off all the wrong thinking. It will sand off everything in your life that you need to change. And it will change you from the inside out. Because when you accepted Jesus, you were created new in your spirit, but your soul needs a lot of sanding. And the truth gets in there, and it begins to change us from the inside out. And it's the most remarkable thing in the world. Hey, listen to this, Philippians 2.13. For it is not your strength, but it is. See, it's, it's all about grace, right? It's God who is effectively at work in you. If you're a Christian, God wants to work really hard on the inside of you, both to will and to work, that is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. Now, here's what I get out of this. And the Amplified really does amplify, right? It's pretty wordy, but I liked it because it brought out some really cool truths with the Greek language. And I don't have to stand up here and say this Greek word says that. It just did a really good job. Here's, here's the deal. If you place the truth inside you, God will take it, and he'll begin to change your very desires, and he'll bring you to a place to where you want to live the way he wants you to live. You want to do what he wants you to do. And I like this. He'll bring you to a place of freedom. A Christian without truth is like a fish out of water. And this is one of my favorite scriptures on truth. It's Hebrews, and it's chapter 4 and verse 12, and it says this, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It could be Jesus or it could be the word because they're one. They're the same. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. Where does it want to go when it gets deep inside you? It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. If you can put that inside you, it will begin to change you from the inside out. Nothing else on this planet is alive. And so that's why if you come to church and you hear me teach, you notice I, I am not wavering from the truth. I'm putting the truth out there as much as I know how to do it. Why? If it can get inside you, God will begin to use it, and it will begin to change you from the inside out. Just starts just sanding all that rust inside of us out. Now, the law is totally different. You know what the law does? It puts a coat of paint over the rust, <laughs> and it just says, these are the do's and the don'ts, and then we try to do them, and the rust just keeps coming and coming and coming, but the truth gets in there, and it cleans us up from the inside out. Here's the second thing the truth will do for you. The truth guides you. It just will guide you. It will guide you to all kinds of freedom. Here's another true story. I surprised Gina on our 25th anniversary. I had been to Italy by then three or four times because my brother Tony 
uh, had Bible schools in different cities, and I would go preach in his Bible schools. And so I wanted to take her there uh, for our 25th anniversary. I found this really great deal for, you know, a guided tour of Italy, and we just stayed in the south. So we're in Rome, and we were going to take a bus trip to Pompeii. And most of us know Pompeii from history. The volcanic ashes came down, and everything in that city froze. And then they chiseled it all away, and you have a perfect city like it was back then. And we're, they're giving us this tour. It was amazing. Like, they go, this is the bank. And they, they showed you. They still had the money and, and where they put the money in vaults. And, and then they, this is the bank. Most amazing thing ever. But we're taking this trip from Rome to Pompeii, three and a half hours. We get to the city of Naples, which is a half hour away from Pompeii. We have a tour guide on the bus, and he stops, and he says, we're going to let you out in Naples for about three hours. And he says, I have to warn you, out of every city in Italy, Naples has more thievery than any city. And he said, it's full of gypsies, and they will rob you blind. And here he said, ladies, your purses place them under your arm and hold them tight like a football, right? And he said, guys, take your wallet, your passports, put them in your front pocket, but you have to put your hand over them because they will distract you and they can go in your pocket and out and you'll never know they were there. He said, that's how good they are. So we went out, our guide warned us, our guide prepared us. We're out there 10 minutes and this gypsy woman comes up to Gina and she grabs her her palm that wasn't holding the purse. And she says, I want to read your palm. And she begins to read it. And I see two other gypsies standing. She's the distraction, you know. And, and Gina just pulls her palm away and says, no, I don't want my palm read. And she begins to curse Gina, cursing her and cursing her. And, and, and it's all distraction. So I did what any good husband would do. I just went between her and Gina and I said, get lost. And, uh, and uh, she understood that. But then she cursed me and she's throwing these curses at me, you know. And I'm watching the other two and they see that we're, we're holding on to our wallets and our purses and everything. So, so they took off. That tour guide, if I didn't have him, we would have walked out of there probably with a missing purse and a missing wallet, but that's what the truth does, man. It, it prepares you. It guides you right to where you need to be. L listen to this. Listen to this. This is Proverbs 6.21. Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. If you read the verses above, it's, it's the truth. It's, it's the Bible. And these terms are just referring to do everything in your power to get the Bible as deep into your heart as you possibly can. So that means read your Bible a lot, right? That's all it's saying. Read your Bible, uh, listen to people teach the Bible, and just get it inside of you. Well, why? The next verse tells us why, and it reads like this, verse 22, when you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. You won't have those nightmares, right? And when you awake, they will speak to you. Remember, it's alive. And it's so powerful. If you place it inside you, it's going to guide you to freedom in every area of your life. And if you want to be free, just get that inside you. It will guide you. But then I like this about the Bible. You get it inside you, it will begin to talk to you. It won't be through these ears, but it will begin to deal with you and talk to you. And it will get you right where God wants you to be. So I thought I'd give you a couple examples. The first one I always teach because Believers has so many young people in the church. And when I accepted Christ, I was young. And uh, I was sexually active. I hadn't met Gina yet. And, and then I accepted Christ. And I don't know why, but I just had a hunger for the Bible. And I just read it for hours. I just read it and read it. It's like I came out, out of darkness to light. And I was so thankful. 
but I still wanted to be sexually active. So I'm reading it and I'm reading it and I'm reading things like, you know, that I'm now a new creature and I'm thinking, I don't know about that, God. I'm still thinking the same thoughts, right? And, and, and all these things, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And then I'm reading some things like in Proverbs, you know, that God wants us to, to be sexually pure until marriage. Marriage was created for the marriage bed. And I had these debates with God because the culture is way different today but it was still loose back then, you know, and, and, and I'm like, God, you created this thing. Now you're telling me I can't do it? I don't, I don't understand that, God, you know, and we're having this conversation. But the more I read the truth, it wasn't a preacher preaching down at me. It wasn't a preacher saying, you can't do this, and if you do that, don't do it. It was the truth inside of me. And I remember coming to a place where I said, God, I'm just going to stay pure till I'm married. But I wanted to. It's just what I wanted to do. The truth guided me. The truth spoke to me. I'll tell you another story. Um, as a young Christian, somebody wronged me. I wasn't Pastor Joe yet. Didn't even, hadn't even gone to Bible school. But somebody did me wrong. And, and, and again, I can pick on Italians because I am one. Um, the way we thought was when someone wronged you, you look for a horse to cut their head off and put it in their bed, you know? Uh, it's called revenge. And I'm just thinking, how can I get this guy back? But I'm reading the truth. And I'm reading about Jesus saying, forgive your enemies. I'm like, are you crazy? You know, forgive your enemies and love those that despitefully use you. And I'm reading these verses, and I'll never forget, just inside here, the truth began to reshape me. It's sanding off all that terrible stuff in my thinking. And I'll never forget where I came to the place and said, you know what, God? I'm going to forgive them. And I'm not going to say it was easy. I'm not going to say it didn't try to keep creeping in. But the truth takes you right where you need to be. It's the most amazing thing. So here's a secret I had to learn. As a young pastor, my style would have been corrective. There's a lot of style things, but corrective is you just show people this is what the Bible says, and you can be really nice, and then it's kind of like, do it, you know, do it. And, and God had to bring me to a place where I learned about the way he wants us to teach from up here, and I call it redemptive. Redemptive's always, you're never going to compromise truth, but the idea is you realize it has to get inside somebody in order for them to change. And you realize all the pressure is off me. It's on, it's on God, you know, and it's on the truth getting inside you and changing you because it speaks to you. It changes you. And one of the most incredible days of my life, I was with this guy, and I'd known him for a couple years, and he just looked at me and he said, Pastor Joe, you have ruined my life. And he real dry sense of humor. And, he, and I'm thinking he means it. You've ruined my life. And I said, what did I do? He said, well, before I began to come here, he said, I had my focus on all these different things. And I put a lot of money into some of them. He says, now I don't even want to do them because he said, I'm, I'm just, I have different desires in here. And then he let me know he, he was complimenting me that God changed him. I love to watch God change people from the inside out. It's the most beautiful thing. Can we all agree the Bible is absolutely amazing? My kids, last time I did this from the pulpit, uh, they told me I was um, just a corny old guy, you know, but uh, I so love the Bible. I literally do this. There's some times at home where I just take it and I kiss it. They go, Dad, don't do that. That's corny. And I said, but Old guys that have grandkids are allowed to be corny, right? So, but can, can you agree it's the most, it's so precious when you see what it can do. And I think about what God's done from the inside out with me, and he's changing people. It's just the most amazing thing in the world. Here's, here's the next thing you want to understand. The truth equips you to win. 
And that's really amazing. It equips you to win. You know, back when I had a, a bodybuilding gym with my brother Tony, I was getting ready for contest, but it was far out. And, and then this guy in the gym just, he, he challenged me to a bodybuilding contest. That's when you're like, you know, do all, all the poses and all that stuff. And so I, I accepted, you know, we set it two months out, which means we had to really diet. So now I'm dieted and training and uh, trying to lean out. And uh, this guy that had won quite a few contests, he worked out at our gym. He took me aside. He said, let me give you a secret. He said, just before you pose, take a take niacin capsules. That's a vitamin B. Has anyone in here ever had a niacin flush? If you take too many, every part of your body will turn red and, and it will look like you have this red rash because it opens your blood vessels like crazy. So he said, you have to practice and just take, just take the right amount. You have to figure out where that amount is so your veins are popping because your veins pop, you, you have a better chance of winning a contest. And he's telling me these secrets. So I began to practice and I found just the right amount of capsules and we did our warm-up, and we came to pose. And this guy should have beat me, but, I mean, my veins were popping because of the niacin. And I share that story to say this. The truth helped me win. He didn't know that, but I know that. And you know what the truth of the Word of God does? It will help you win. Guys, you realize we live on a dead planet, right? A dying planet. You realize we live with people that are not perfect. They're imperfect. And some of them are nice, but they're still imperfect. And we have relationships that break down. We have people that do us wrong. We have problems in our physical body. We have financial problems. We're walking through a world. We have an enemy that doesn't like us, that tries to plan pitfalls for us as we walk. You and I have to have the truth if we're going to survive. And that's what the great chapter on the armor of God says. Listen to this. Ephesians 6.14 says this. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Now, the armor of God here is being compared to a Roman soldier's army in Bible days. Do you know the first piece of armor they put on was the belt? And then the breastplate attached and was held in place by the belt. Then if they weren't wearing the helmet, they hung it on a hook in the back. And the sword, which they fought with, you know, the sword hung on the belt. And all God's saying to you and I is the most important piece of your armor is filling yourself up with truth. And everything else you need will come out of that armor. And so the truth equips us to win. And so think of some areas in your life where you need to, you need to overcome Part of it is going to be, I mean, God's grace is going to help you. God's grace is wrapped in the truth. But think about it. You have to equip yourself by just reading your Bible more, spending more time in it. Get that inside you. It changes you forever. So I got to thinking, if I were to tell you what's one of the most important truths that every one of you need to just saturate yourself with, I'd call it one of the foundational truths. If you're ever going to win in a battle, you have to know this. And most of you do, but I want to remind you of it, and some of you may not. But listen to Isaiah 43, 2. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. This is God speaking. God says, I'll be with you. Listen to this. When you go through rivers of dif difficulty, you will not drown. And when you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Now, God's not saying you won't have problems. God's not saying you'll always come out on the other side without a loss or, you know, without winning in this area. Or that Here's what he's saying. I'll walk you through the valley of the shadow of death, and there's nothing you're going through that I'm not there with you, and he will help us. And in many cases, he wants to help us way more than we obtain help from him. That's why Romans 8.31 says this, 
What can we ever say to such wonderful things as these? If God is on our side, who can ever be against us? I remember in gym class, you know, this happened with men and women. They'd have us, sometimes they'd, they'd, they'd get two captains and you pick up a team. And whenever they chose me to be a captain, there was always that one guy or two guys I thought, if I can get them on my team, the game's won. I mean, they were just that athletic, that good. And so you always went for those guys because you can get them on your team. You won the game. And guess what? We have the best player ever on our team. His name is God, and he lives in you, and he's with you no matter what you're going through. And when that truth is laid and it's deep inside you and you know it, we react differently to whatever comes at our life. We react totally differently because all of a sudden, our head's not down. We're not complaining. We're not mumbling. We're not grumbling. We're not saying, God, where are you? Why did you let this happen? No, we begin to realize, hey, God is on my side, and God's going to help me walk through this, baby. So everything changes with just a piece of truth. Think about it as we lay the other truth in there. But here's what's happening, and it breaks my heart. Christians, without the truth, are like a fish out of water. And I just hate to see Christians walking around like, I hate to see it, man. They're chucking for air. They're trying to survive. They're getting beat up. It doesn't mean we're not going to have trouble. But man, what if we went through a trouble with our armor on, our breasts, breast out, our chest, just saying, come on, I'm going to get through this. I can survive because God is helping me. And that's what the truth does. It changes you from the inside out. It guides you to freedom it equips you to win. Hey, I'm going to close down with prayer, but I want to ask you a question. Can we say thank you, God, for leaving us the truth? Can we just celebrate and thank God for it? It's absolutely amazing. Thank you, God, for the truth. Now, let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Lord, there's a group of people in here. They know, they know what I just taught. I mean, I'm reminding them of what they know. But, Lord, there's some that they're sitting here, and you've spoke to their hearts, man. They've slipped a little bit, and not, not out of condemnation, but you're just saying, man, I want to do so much more in your life. And, guys, I know God's speaking that to so many of you. I want to do so much more in your life. And what's, what, what's the solution? Man, just ask God to give you more grace to spend more time in the Word of God. And here's what I've found. When I know what it's for and it does, it's hard to keep me out of it. So I know God's speaking to people right now and just encouraging you to listen to those awesome words that he's doing and he's speaking in you. And Lord, we thank you for the freedom that comes from the truth. And Lord, right now, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. We thank you for ministering life to each and every one of us. So can we stay in this attitude of prayer? Maybe you came here today, maybe your first time visitor, maybe you've been here a couple times, but you came not being sure of your eternity. And you just saw that scripture at the beginning. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. Jesus came to set you free. He's the, the person that wants to set you free. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, they'll never perish. He said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. I'll give them the wonderful gift of eternal life. Heaven will be their future home. So right now, here's what I'm asking. Heads are about to ask about, can you remember a day when you made it personal with Jesus? You may have grown up in church. You may have been water baptized as a baby or an adult, but not know Jesus. Can you remember the day when you made it personal? If you're here, if, if you're watching online, you can't remember that day. I want to pray with you right now. So if you're here and you say, I'm ready, Pastor Joe, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to make it personal. Would you pray with me? Everyone else in the room, can we help them? Can we, can we help them so that, that they fill our prayers with them as, as they pray? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, 
I realize I need a savior. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the way, the truth, and the life. And this day, I receive you as my savior and make a decision to follow you. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Guys, if you prayed that, miracles happen. All your sins were washed away. That's pretty cool. God gave you the gift of eternal life. Heaven's your future destination. Here's, here's what I always like to talk about. Right now in heaven, if one person in this room or one person on the planet accepts Jesus, the Bible tells us that God himself and all of heaven rejoice. I mean, they, they go crazy up there. And here's why. Because you become the children of God by placing faith in Christ Jesus. God just had another kid. We all celebrate when children are born. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.